What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Thank you for making me part of your week this week and every week. In this upcoming episode, we have a little bit of good news, a little bit of sunshine in the darkness, and that is we have a new owner for the XFL. Also, I'm going to give you my initial thoughts on this whole COVID Cup, Stanley Cup playoffs. So stick around and let's have some fun. The year 2020 has been a very hectic and terrible year as far as sports go. The rest of the NHL season was canceled and the NHL playoffs was pushed back until just recently. The MLB season was significantly cut short, only playing 60 games this season. March Madness was completely canceled. And the XFL season went from being postponed to canceled. And lastly, they filed for bankruptcy. But we finally have some good news in 2020. Coming from an unlikely source... Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Redbird Capital have agreed to buy the XFL from Vince McMahon for $15 million. But in all seriousness, folks, that is some really fantastic news as the XFL was seemingly catching steam. They put out a great product, a very polished product up front, and I think that attracted a lot of fans to it. They really did their due diligence in this one, and I really liked the way the XFL was heading. Now, The Rock is going to be, The Rock and his partners are going to be in for some uh, some hardships, so to speak, and they really have their work cut out for them, as Vince McMahon has a net worth of $1.8 billion, and Uh, In a Forbes article, it stated that Vince was set to invest at least $100 million into the XFL with plans to invest potentially up to $500 million in order to make the league successful and viable. Now, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he only has a net worth of $320 million himself, and I say only as if none of us... (laughs) would switch places with him. That is absolutely ludicrous. The fact that he has his net worth is $320 million is incredible. That is an unbelievable net worth. But when you want to build a professional league of any standard, of any sort, that's not a whole lot of a, a much of a net worth to really go into a, a uh, owning an entire company of this kind of uh of this this magnitude, okay? They just said that Vince McMahon was set to potentially invest up to $500 million. That's $180 million more than The Rock is worth. That's $180 million more than his entire career net worth. That's not, even, that's not, remember folks, when you say net worth, that's not cash on hand. That's not how much The Rock has in the bank. That's how much he his property's worth how much his cars his jewelry how much his his you know retirement savings his his bank accounts everything like that his stocks and bonds that's how much he is worth overall so when you think about that he is up against kind of a tall task as far as uh having the financial backing to really create a, a successful league at least the way that Vince McMahon was going to set it up 
The good news for Dwayne Johnson is he has partnered with his former spouse, Danny Garcia, who has a net worth herself of $20 million, and Gary Cardinal, Cardinali, I don't exactly know how to pronounce that, uh, who is one of the co-founders of Redbird Capital. Now, what Redbird Capital is, is it provi- or provides flexible long-term capital to help entrepreneurs grow their business. And since 2014, they helped manage $3.1 billion in assets. So it looks like he has some pretty strong partners in order to kind of get things going and really, uh, you know, hopefully bring the league back to where it looked like it was going. The XFL was very, very fun to watch. They really did their due diligence this time around, did Vince McMahon and company. And I really thought that this would be a very, I don't say very successful league as if it was going to compete with the NFL. That was not going to be the case anytime soon, if at all. But it was going to be a very good product to kind of give you football in the springtime that you aren't going to get from the NFL and truly make football an all-year-round sport. Like I said, it will be a tall task for uh, Dwayne Johnson and his partners. Like I said, it was believed that Vince would lose, not invest, lose $325 million. Vince McMahon was set to lose $325 million, five million he was going to he was set to lose five million dollars more than Dwayne Johnson's entire net worth, which is a staggering amount of money to make the XFL viable. And like I said, when you watched the game, they had a really, really strong fan base. Their fan base was seemingly growing by the week. I know that the numbers, at least in attendance, they were a little up and down, but When you look at it, there is some good news when it comes to the league. Now, the league, uh, when it it only played four seasons, or four seasons, it only played four weeks before, unfortunately, COVID kind of came through and completely wiped it off the face of the planet as it has seemingly done to everything business-wise across the United States, which is a really, really sad thing because I really believe, like I stated a couple times earlier, that the XFL was really set to do some fantastic things. They had several TV deals with Fox and ESPN, things like that, where, you know, getting the exposure out there to fans uh, that weren't in those cities and big names too, and they were on primetime television, things like that, that the AAF was never really in. So the AAF was kind of set to fail from the start. It did, it wasn't very polished, and you could tell right from the start it looked worse competition than a lot of uh, college games. Realistically, it just was never really going to take off. But when you watched the XFL, this new version of the XFL, it just seemed a little bit different. And when you watched it, it you wanted to cheer for it. For me, you know, being a UB Bulls fan, there were several UB Bulls that were playing in the XFL, and it was really exciting for me, especially knowing that Tyree Jackson was going to get his opportunity to lead the D.C. Defenders after Cardell Jones uh, failed again miserably after a two, two quick good games from him. He's just not a, a pro-style quarterback that was really ready to do anything 
at the professional ranks. He was a, a pretty good college quarterback at, I believe it was uh, Penn State, but he just, or Ohio, I don't know, it was Penn State or Ohio State. I think Ohio State, maybe. I'm sorry, it was Ohio State. Um, but he was just never really going to be anything. He was just kind of a name to that people would recognize to bring in. But you get, get uh, guys like Tyree Jackson, who had some real potential, super, super raw. Coming out of college, I really think Tyree Jackson should have stayed in college with the UB Bulls, but with everybody leaving, guys from his offensive line, his top weapons, things like that, it's no real surprise that he elected to try to take a shot at the NFL. He is a very smart kid, and no doubt he will land on his feet no matter if it's football or anything else in life. But as I was saying before, they have several TV, they had several TV deals, and in four weeks, they attracted nearly 300,000 fans to actually attend games in these stadiums. And that's fantastic. They averaged... Uh, I don't. I don't even remember how many, how many people they averaged, but Seattle or St. Louis, I'm sorry, led the way in terms of average over the course of the four weeks. Uh, they had two games. They each, each team had two home games at the, this point during the season. Sorry, I'm stuttering. It's it's very late and I'm very tired. But they had 28. They averaged 28,000 fans per game. That was the leader in the XFL. That is a fantastic way to start the league. Uh, you know, 300,000 fans over the course of four weeks, that is tremendous numbers. And your your last place team averaged just about uh, 13,600 fans uh, approximately. And that was in L.A. Why they would think an L.A., a, a lesser professional L.A. team would do better, I'm not really sure. I don't know why they keep putting teams in L.A. and football teams in L.A. There's just doesn't seem to be the fan base in LA that there are in several other markets. So I realize it's a big city. I realize people think that, you know, they're going to spend tons and tons of money, but realistically, there's just not a fan base there that is diehard enough to want to continuously go to games. So do you guys think that this can work? Do you guys believe that uh, The Rock and his partners in... in um, uh, let me see if I can't find it again. <laughs> the Rock and his partners in uh, Redbird uh, Capital and his, his former spouse, Danny Garcia. Do you think that they can actually get this league up off the ground, especially with no fans? Or do you think they just buy the rights to this league, sit on it for a year or two so until fans can come back, try to make some tweaks here or there, maybe other places where the XFL failed, and then try to bring it back better than ever. I hope that that's the thing. I hope that maybe they don't bring it back this year. I hope that maybe they bring it back the following year, maybe 2022 um, in the springtime. That would be ideal, in my opinion, to to bring this league back and really take a, yet another run at getting another professional football sports league in the United States of America, obviously there, like I said, there is a market for it. And if they bring it back, and if they bring it back, even just level, just the same as they did before, they they were or the fans were rewarded with a polished product that was fun to watch, and it was uh, polished on the field. They had a great presentation. Players were were it was just unrivaled in terms of um, access. It was a very, very fun league to watch, and I was really disappointed when it kind of uh, fell down by the wayside. It gives smaller schools an opportunity to recruit 
players and bring them in and say, look, look, there's another avenue that you can go that's not the NFL. No, you're not going to make NFL money, but even if you don't necessarily get noticed, you could potentially get noticed out of the XFL and get paid while you're being noticed. You know, some guys just need a little bit extra in terms of development that you don't get in college. So I really think that there needs to be a feeder league for the NFL. I think that could do nothing but great things. And I think the or the XFL was really on its way to being an absolutely fantastic league. But let me know what you guys think. Hit me up on Twitter at SportsTalkBuff1. You can email me at uh, SportsTalkBuffalo at Yahoo.com. You can email me at SportsTalkBuffalo at gmail.com. And just overall, let me know what you guys think. Do you think this is a fantastic move for Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Do you think it's an awesome move that they're going to try to bring back the XFL again? Were you a fan? Were you not a fan? Let me know what you guys think again. And uh, in this next uh, segment, we're going to go ahead. I'm just going to give you some of my quick thoughts about the COVID Cup and the NHL playoffs. So stick around. All right, we'll jump right into segment number two here. It's going to be a very short segment as I just wanted to give my initial reaction for this COVID Cup in the NHL playoffs. And when I first watched it, I seen my very first video. It was the Penguins. It was Connor Sheary scoring. I know it wasn't in the actual playoff type atmosphere. It wasn't in the presentation mode. But when I watched it, man, it was just really uninspiring. It was really unexciting. And I am a huge fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I really am. Buffalo Sabres are obviously always going to be my team. Uh, born and raised in the city of Buffalo. I love the Buffalo Sabres, but I love Sidney Crosby too. And I, I just watched the, the first video, the very first goal that Connor Sheary scored. And there was just, man, it was, it just, it just didn't do it for me. And that's kind of how I feel about most of these games that I watch in this COVID cup, Stanley cup playoffs. It's just, my first thought is without fans, it simply doesn't feel like playoff hockey. It just doesn't feel like playoff hockey. There's no fans, and that's one of the best parts, in my opinion, of playoff hockey is the fact that the arenas are shaking. There's constant cheering, constant chanting, and you can feel the electricity, even though you're not in the building, through the screen on the television, and you could be a part of it at home. Right now, you don't really get any of that. I don't feel it, and maybe I would feel differently if the Buffalo Sabres were actually in these playoffs. But it, I just don't. I watch these, you know, I've watched several games. I've probably watched, I know there's been a lot more than five games. I've probably watched three to four games. Uh, and it just it just doesn't do it for me. And maybe it's because it's not really hockey season that it's not really doing it for me. That could have a, a really big role in why I'm not really feeling it. It's August. <laughs> it's August. It's not. It's not NHL time. This is the time where I would be gearing up and getting really, really excited about the NFL. And right now, I'm not even feeling the NFL. There's no preseason games. We can't watch position battles. So it just feels like it. You know, it feels like June or July, essentially, in terms of the sporting feeling that I get right now. Which is the only thing that's on is the MLB. 
It's the MLB season. That's, that's the feeling that I get right now. I should be gearing up to get ready for football. We should be talking a little bit about hockey and how the training camps, you know, are, are just around the corner and that they're going to be playing, you know, their preseason game soon. But I'm, I just don't get that feeling. And I really, really think, and this is just my opinion, that they should have simply canceled the, 20, the rest of the 2020 NHL season. I think they should have canceled it. I think they should have came up with a, a very good plan, a plan to keep teams safe. If they want to be safe, as far as that goes, I won't really get into my feelings about COVID and whatnot. <sighs> but as far as that goes, like I said, I think they should have just retooled, regeared, made it so that people felt comfortable as far as this whole COVID goes. And I think they should have pushed forward with the NHL season and start fresh, start new this upcoming season. They could have wrote right on the Stanley Cup, no Stanley Cup winner for 2020. And I think a lot of fans would have been fine with it. This is this this just isn't hockey for me. And that's kind of, you know, that's just kind of how I feel about the playoffs right now. That's just kind of how I feel. I feel like this isn't really high. This feels like preseason hockey to me. It's just... You know, the intensity, I don't feel the intensity. The players seem like they feel the intensity. There's been a lot more big hits, a lot more fights in just a few short games. And it's been, that's that's entertaining to watch. It's always entertaining to watch. I love big hits. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that. I am a big advocate of the hits, fights, scrums, animosity, intensity. I love all of that stuff. I love every every bit of that is what makes the NHL great. And right now, as far as a fan perspective goes, I really do love the fact that there's you know more hits and fights and things like that, depending on the games. But as far as playoff feel, it just doesn't feel like playoff hockey to me. And like I said, maybe it's because I don't have a, a, a dog in the fight here. You know, I really don't have a team to cheer for. I know I said I like the Pittsburgh Penguins, but I haven't watched either of the games that the, the Penguins played against Montreal. I know the series is one-to-one. Right now, that's about it. I don't know who scored for who, who scored what. I don't I don't even know the scores of either game. You know, because it doesn't feel like hockey right now. One of the, the series I am invested in is the Edmonton Oilers. And, of course, I think Eichel is always going to be tied to Connor McDavid. And for me, I always want to see McDavid lose. This sounds so salty. I always want to see McDavid lose simply because Jack Eichel has been on this abysmal Buffalo Sabres team. So I don't want to see Connor McDavid succeed unless Jack Eichel does. (laughs) It sounds so salty of me. It really does because we all know that Connor McDavid is on on another stratosphere in terms of player. And I think a lot of Buffalo Sabres fans feel like they got cheated in that. I don't necessarily feel like we got cheated. We got Jack Eichel and I, man, I love Jack Eichel. He is... Easily my favorite player on the Buffalo Sabres right now. I love watching him play. He's the only reason why I honestly tune in to watch the Buffalo Sabres right now because they're just so awful. And they don't even, like, there's just no identity to the team. So it's not even like they play a heavy game, so they hit a lot. And, you know, maybe they don't have the most talented guys, but they're scrappy and they go out there and, you know, they make it hard for the other team. They're not. They're just, they have a, a, a very small, very, you know, skillful team or want to be skillful team, but they're not skilled. 
so they don't score. They don't hit. They don't fight. You know, there's not, aside from watching Jack Eichel, there's not a whole lot to watch for the Buffalo Sabres. And if Jack Eichel doesn't have success with the Sabres, I don't really want Connor McDavid to. And that's so, that's so, so salty. Uh, McDavid, as I recorded this, McDavid did have a hat trick, but um, still, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like playoff hockey to me. And that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. My final thoughts on this, it's not hockey season. That's it. It's just, it's not hockey season. I would be normally way more engaged in the playoffs. I would love, I love playoff hockey. It's my absolute favorite thing to watch is playoff hockey, whether or not the Sabres are involved in it. I love playoff hockey. And right now, I don't, I don't love what I see. And it's just not that fun to watch. And now I have to wait all the way until December to watch the Buffalo Sabres play again. It's going to be a very, very long few months as far as that goes. So that's my final thoughts on it. Remember, guys, if you like what you're hearing, tell your friends, tell your family. They can hear me on any of the major podcasting outlets, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and, of course, right on Anchor. You can catch me or you can follow me on Twitter at SportsTalkBuff1. You can email me directly at SportsTalkBuffalo at Yahoo.com or at SportsTalkBuffalo at gmail.com, and I will get back to you guys as soon as possible. If you guys have any show ideas, anything you want to hear me talk about, anything you want me to do, uh, any people you would like me to try to get on here to interview, any other podcasts that you think I would mesh well with, let me know. Give me a shout-out. I would love to reach out to some other podcasts and see if I can't get some more people on this show to be a little bit more engaging for not just me, but for you as well. So once again, thank you guys for listening, and I hope you have a fantastic week.